I'm shipping a guitar today on eBay, so if the door goes when we're, it'll be sods law, the door will go when we do this. Um, and I'll need to, I'll need to just hand it oh, to the parcel right. post person. All right, welcome to My 90s Podcast, the podcast where I speak to people that have been in the eye of the storm of the greatest decade that ever happened, the glorious 90s. This week, I've got a bit of a special guest in that I have Ewan Grono, who is the bass player within Johnny Mars Band, so real celeb status there. Also in a great collective band called Sea Fever, where he's in a collective with some members of New Order and some other great talented musicians too. And also has his own solo project going on under his own name. That's Ewan Grono. So look out for that. It's a great EP called Out in a Limb and it's absolutely fabulous. Before that, you might have heard some of Ewan's work in Haven, if you remember that band who were kind of late 90s, early 2000s, and they were sort of hailing from Cornwall, so absolutely brilliant. One other note to say, we talk loads about the music industry, we talk about the bands that he's been in, his inspirations, but one important note is we have a mutual friend who's called Duncan Baxter, and Duncan was the lead singer in a band with some of the Seahorses, John Squire, of the Stone Roses and also some of the Verve called The Shining. So we refer to Duncan quite often through the podcast. He's a mutual friend, he's a neighbour of mine and a great friend of Ewan's and we'll hopefully hear from the great Duncan Baxter very soon and he can tell us about life with the Verve, the Seahorses and John Squire as well and living with John Squire. So that'll be really interesting to look at. But anyway, this episode's all about Ewan. So let's hear from him now. Why don't we just talk about Sea Fever first, you know, and, yeah, and do yeah, it a bit yeah. topsy-turvy? Really intrigued, you know, obviously you're there and then, you know, some New Order people and, you know, so who else is in the band? What's what's happening? Um, we've got uh, Beth Cassidy, who is in Section 25. Yeah. We're like a factory um, band um, from Blackpool, I think. Okay. Um, she sings vocals and does sing synths. Um, Tom and Phil... Um, New Order, uh, Tom and Phil. Well, what do they do in New Order? They play uh, Tom's bass player, Tom Chapman's bass player, yep. uh, Phil's guitars, and and I think he does keyboards and stuff as well, and some drum pad stuff. Yeah, in in New Order, um, they've been in New Order for years. Brilliant. Um, and Elliot Barlow, who was in a band called Folks, they were supporting Noel, and I'm not sure if they were on his label or some yeah. had some involvement with Noel. Um, Brilliant. But um, he's on drums. He's a, he's a really good drummer. And we just, I think we, we did, we've known each other for a while. I mean, I, I've not known Beth. Um, I'd known Elliot sort of vaguely mm-hmm. through um, the band they were Shadow Party, the band before. And um, yeah, we all like, me, Tom, and Phil had sort of we um, we've known each other for years, years and years, because of the connection through New Order and Johnny and um, oh, yeah. a long, long time really. So we've it was always was always there wasn't sort of plans to do some music, but it kind of it just sort of felt like, especially around this the sort of the the lockdown sort of period that we've. Tom was just sent sent some some stuff over, and I I just ended up 
singing on it and then sent sent it back to him. I don't think he even yeah, yeah. knew I was going to sing on it. <laughs> but he showed me some stuff and then I um, I just ended up doing a couple of tracks, um, sending it over to him and then it all sort of developed from there really. And you're singing? Yeah, I'm singing um, singing main vocals on it and well, me and Beth are sort of both sing together really. Yeah, yeah, nice. Both main, main vocalists. So, She's done a track called Le Coup that's done um, that she did a that's her singing on it, and then there's just this sort of a mix of stuff, really. Yeah, it's been really good. We we did a lot of a lot of the mixing. We've got an album finished, and we did a lot of the mixing through lockdown, really. Mm-hmm. And because we we worked out how to do it over Zoom, because there was so much um, time at home, really. Yeah. It was kind of we were lucky timing wise, really, because we could because because we had the stuff to mix. Yeah. Well, it, it also you know obviously the touring thing is terrible. What's yeah. happening, you know? Yeah. But with all of you being in different bands as well, like it's almost yeah. like you're all in different, you know, sort of work patterns, and so yeah. getting together was going to be hard, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, with Johnny, we we had. To, we had a really big summer planned. Um, we had a tour of the Killers planned for two months. Oh, um, I think that started August, and we worked up to that because we had a lot of summer festivals. Um, so it was a it was a busy a busy period for us. Yeah. Well, it was going to be a busy period for us, and um, yeah, it was. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's been terrible, isn't it, for everyone? It's just yeah. been really. It was just really strange to just suddenly. Not, not know really. I think, I think at first when it first happened, I was thinking, well, maybe it's just going to be a couple of months. This, and when it, yeah. more and more it starts happening, you think it goes from like a couple of months to thinking this could be like two years of yeah you know, uncertainty. Of, I mean, yeah, because, you know, the social distance thing is obviously not going to work. You know, you can't go to an idols gig, can you? Not touch it. No, <laughs> so, no. Like, I mean, like the band are going to be in the crowd, or you know, like some bands like that. It's that's what that's what music's about, isn't it? You yeah. go there, you go there to sort of, you know, all join together, don't you? That's really? it. That's what gigging's all about, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, a shame, and you know, we are pretty active down here, you know, going to gigs and, and, and all that, you know, so whether it's me or, you know, Duncan that we both know or, or, or my neighbour guy or whatever, you know, we were we were fairly regular and, you know, obviously we, we came to see you uh, at Brighton yeah. Dome and thanks for sorting us out, yeah. by the way, on the tickets. That and was stuff. great, that gig, actually. Oh, it was really brilliant. Yeah, it was electric. And, and, and yeah. there was just an awful lot of, I, I think I've seen two gigs at Brighton Dome where I've felt the same way and the other one was Bell and Sebastian. And right. and actually Mogwai, to be fair as well. Um, just everyone, it just felt like your people everywhere you yeah. looked, everyone yeah. had this. Not I'm just fans of a, it was love lifestyle, same interest. You know, you everywhere yeah. you looked, you just thought, I, you know, there you could feel the love in the room. And I think with you guys as a bat, like a lot of the time when there's a solo star or whatever at the, yeah. the front. It's all about them, and but actually, I've, you feel you feel like a band. You know, you feel yeah. like you've got person. You can see everyone's personality. It's not just yeah. that you're a session player phoning it in. You know, get it done. You know, you're you're all very much part of it, and you know, yeah. it, it, it's great to see. You know, genuinely, because you see a lot of it, and it is just you know. 
Marquis Smith, you know, is the next keyboardist, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's a good thing with Johnny, like the, with the, with his solo stuff, like the video side of it, we've, um, you know, most of the videos he's involved, the band and it's come across as a bat, you know, a band. And yeah. I think that's what he, he loves the, you know, the, the band side of things, you know, he loves the, the fact of it being, you know, all together and the touring side of it. And um, that, I think that does come across with us. And we've, we've all known each other for nearly, oh, probably 20 years or so now. Because he, Johnny produced the, Two Haven albums. Did he really? Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, great! He, uh, between the senses and all for a reason. Um, so that's we've you know we've we we know each other pretty well, and I think that sort of comes across in the on stage as well. Oh, that's great, and and also um, in terms of you being asked to be in that band, you know. Yeah. What what was the steps towards that? Did you have to audition, or it was just we know you're good anyway, just get on with it? Or it was really because I think I think around the time I was teaching. Um, what is it you, you know, teach, by the way? I I would teach. I was teaching ukulele and guitar. Is it right? Yeah, um, uh-huh. like a company called uh, it was called Front Row. It's a different name at the time, and you know what music's like it's really strange and same same with haven we had some we had some absolutely amazing times but we had yeah. we did have some bad you know some bad times you know getting dropped when we got when we got dropped and you know the band finally coming to an end um can't remember which year it was but was it 2004 or something like that? Yeah, it was the early 2000s, yeah. I think, when we were releasing stuff. But we we had some great times, but it just, it was tough. You know, I think we, after we lost the deal, it sort of, it, it did hit us hard, really. I think we, we found it hard to sort of come come back from that. But we were, we did write a lot of, we still got a lot of songs that, are, um, that would be a third album that's, just um, up in my bedroom somewhere on a well, is, so. is is it possible? Um, I don't, I don't know. We'll um, maybe, yeah. We'll have, we'll have to see, really. But because um, there's a lot yeah. of bands having a renaissance, you know. What uh, one of the boys um, that owns our local pub, the Falcon, um, yeah. he's the keyboardist in White Lies. Oh right, really? Uh, uh, yeah, and um, White Lies. They've kind of started up again. Oh, they I, have, yeah. I thought they had. Been doing really well. They were playing like Utrecht, and um, I mean, Tommy, the the keyboardist, he was in the pub. It's dead funny, you know. You get a pint, and he brings it over, and then you have a chat, or you did before all this stuff, and and he'd show you like photos where they're playing a stadium in Uruguay or something, and you're just like, <laughs> like you know, there's like thirty thousand yeah. people, and then he's serving pints and you know, Scotch eggs, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're about like, geez, it's just that's, crazy. That's what it's like, isn't yeah. it? That's what music's like. And you kind of, you do have like, as that time I was talking about, you have periods where, I mean, I, there was a point where I was working in Selfridge, when I met Duncan actually, yeah. when I was working in Selfridge, and I, I wasn't doing any music at all. It must have been about three or four years. And I just, I just didn't want to do anything. I think I was kind of, not just sort of a little bit disillusioned and a little bit obviously sad that the band had split up and and just thought I just I just want to go to work want to leave work and not think about anything and I did that for a while and and then after that I think Jack started 
um, recording with Johnny, and um, me and Jack have always been in contact, you know, and um, it ended up that um, Johnny then asked me to join, and so so at that point I wasn't really doing any music, and it was really weird. It was like suddenly out of the blue. Um, it was when they uh, it's the Messenger album, yeah. and then I just went straight into basically touring the Messenger album. So it was like it was from <laughs> doing absolutely no music to just being straight back into it quite quickly as well. You know, it was only met in a bar or, or a restaurant somewhere and then and and that was it it was all it was all done so it's like <laughs> you know, and then it's, it all starts again so that's what it's like it's just a it's strange strange world music yeah you know? well it's it's quite interesting as well you know and you know talking a lot about duncan so i need to explain who duncan is in, in the intro when i want to do it but <laughs> um but i think you know you with johnny you know him with john squire and the verve guys you know, it's just kind of dead interest. Like, you know, two, yeah. it's, it's like me yeah. when I had a Saturday job, whatever, you know, two guys working in Selfridges and you went off to be yeah. with the, you know, two guitarists of our generation. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, that's, that's, we, we clicked um, straight away, me and Duncan and, and, and a friend of ours called Kyle. And the, the good thing with, um, as another friend of ours, it was, it was Matt, Kyle, Duncan and me. We kind of, the good thing with that Selfridges environment is that we there was so many people there that we we still keep in contact. Yeah. You know, there's some jobs that you kind of you know when you meet people you generally don't keep in contact. But yeah. with Selfridges, we um, we all we all still keep in contact. And um, you know, at that point, me and Duncan were knocking you know knocking around from songs and stuff like that. And so that that point probably was in Selfridges, I wasn't really writing anything or doing any music. And then me and Duncan started to do stuff. Yeah. And then I was in the band, I was in a band called Mutineers as well. So, mm -hmm. um, we'd, we'd done a few gigs and, um, so it was all starting to ramp up again into music really. But, yeah. but I had a gap before that and then we, I started off again and then joined Johnny's band. So, what about just, I always wonder this, like, if you were in Elvis's band or, or whatever, you know, like, what about mistakes or, you know, do mistakes happen or you're so polished that mistakes don't happen um, live or do you get the skull turned round, you know, and, and, the, <laughs> and the flick of the hair or, you know, what happens? I mean, if it, I think if it's a big mistake, then maybe, yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's like, I mean, generally you've, some of those mistakes are what people love. In, yeah. in the audience, I think. I think sometimes when it's a bit too, too polished, um, I don't think anyone. I don't think people do want to hear the the album. The record, exactly, yeah. You know, because you know? Johnny's pretty good with that. He'll he'll we'll extend bits and like some of the Smith songs we play with are, are a lot longer because mm. a lot of Smith stuff was was quite short. The the, the songs, yeah. So we'll extend bits and um, there's we do get in the way with it electronic and there's a whole, yeah. there's a whole drop section that, um, that's where it's really good. It's really good live. So it's, it's very much, um, different to what the, the songs are, you know, and some, and, and the solo stuff as well. We'll, we'll extend bits. Yeah. But, um, I think you, 
there's going to be mistakes. I mean, obviously, it's a big clanger, pretty bad one. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's different, but if it's like... You're filed. just little ones, sometimes you can sort of, you know, you can cover yourself. But um, um, generally, like, once, I think once you get in, especially when you're touring, when you're in, when you do, when you pass, like, the first week into the second week, you 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 really hit, you know, you hit sort of, hit a peak really yeah. and everyone's playing really well and um you can kind of feel feel it you know there's there's the festival side is a little bit different because obviously there's no you you generally just have a line check don't you and then you're straight on yeah, so you don't know what's going to happen you know yeah. sometimes you don't know you might not have the same amp that you'd normally use or oh, really things are, things are slightly slightly um slightly different and a little bit harem scaring sometimes, but yeah. but that that can sometimes add to it. That can add to a really good gig. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, lately yeah. I, I did um uh, uh what was he Stevie Hamilton. So he's uh, the sax player in Noel's band. All right. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> he's a great guy. I know his wife like through working that. And anyway, he was on the podcast and he was saying at one of the festivals he was like oh, a bit anxious and you know all that kind of stuff and you know got onto the stage and it was it was like something like Glastonbury or so I can't remember what it was but he got on the stage he forgot his saxophone oh. <laughs> so so he had to like run back like as fast as he could to get it and then he, he like he was saying he was you know to use the word properly literally like the note oh. was like just like he was ready to go you know talking about mistakes and things like that did he, like, did he make it in time? I, he made it back just for like when he had to hit the note you know like just in that exact moment so I was like oh my god yeah, I bet I bet that was a tough one though that first song because <laughs> your, head, your head would be all over the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to settle settle yourself in no definitely that would that would be a bit of a nightmare but yeah and then I guess um just to be true to be anyone that's listening because we're not really talked about it what about <laughs> the 90s you know what what sort of happened there you know Britpop and and all that I mean you're younger than me I would guess I'm 44 you're what are 42. you right so yeah you'd have been sort of 16 around supersonic time something like that yeah I okay. think well I was in Cornwall yeah then. so and it was it's a lot different down there um um there was a lot of well there was a lot of grunge and right. um, heavier music so the kind of Britpop so was it it's 90s isn't it so a 90 I guess the signal for Britpop really was 92 with Blur Pop scene and yeah, then too. just after that you had Suede and yeah. Animal Nitrate yeah, and I all that. I think my, my sister was heavily into Britpop, the, well, the you know, heavily into Suede and um, she was in, she was heavily into Smiths and Cure. Um, but I was probably into some <laughs> sort of dodgy stuff like probably a lot of metal and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I kind of, we, with me and Nat, the Haven guitarist, we, we played in metal bands and stuff. So we were, we were, we did all that. And then we sort of went to Rage Against the Machine and that kind of stuff. And like Faith No More and all that yeah. kind of chili peppers. And, and then we moved into sort of grunge really. So we went through, so we'd have probably been on the sort of grunge stage and sort of indie in the stage we did move. I don't think we got heavily into the Brit pop side of it. We'd yeah. probably got, got into 
possibly sort of stuff like The Cure and Echo and the Bunny Men and stuff like that. Yeah, but, but it is. But it was only really till we moved to sort of Manchester, really, that we sort of, we could see that kind of side of it. Um, mm. You know, obviously, you know, Oasis being huge around that time. And um, it didn't pass me by. I was aware of it. And I did, li- I did like some of the songs, but I wasn't mm. like, I wouldn't say I was heavily listened to like full out albums and stuff like that. So yeah. I've probably gone the blur sort of way. Yeah. Really. Well, it's, lot, it's, lot. it's so interesting because, you know, we listened to the, you know, the first Haven. I was in a little design uh, studio uh, that I worked for in Hartford. It was like in a, a loft. And yeah. um, me and, and, you know, one of my best friends, Craig Mully, we just always had good tunes on. And one of the bands that all of us sort of agreed on was Haven. So there was, oh, you know, right, right. <laughs> so they got played. So there was Dave, uh, who was a really great bass player, but a, a great designer as well. And Simon, it was a digital director, a great singer and a great guitarist as well. And the four of us sort of controlled what was being played. And Haven was, it was just, it was always Say Something, you know, at, at yeah. the time. But I think, was James Say Something out round about, a similar time, and yeah, it was always a bit of a yeah, yeah. yeah you're always kind of either. That the same time then. It was similar timing, you know, like, oh, and, and it was funny when you would say, "Oh, you heard that song, say something." And everyone was like, "Oh, James," you're like, "No, no it's this other one," yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But we, you know, we we play that an awful lot. But I, I think what's always interesting is what people are into personally, musically, what your influences are, but yeah. actually, then what the output is is something different. Yeah. Course, you know, it's yeah. always interesting, you know, because if you, yeah. you know, sort of sucked on metal for all your life and then, yeah. you know, you would expect your output to be metally, but yeah. it's not at all. I think it's, I think it's in, it was definitely good. I mean, I wouldn't listen to that music now, yeah. some of the stuff I'd listen to, but um, there was a lot of, there's a lot of skateboarding down there. There's a lot of um, surfing and yeah, it's true. kind of, you know, there was that punk thing at the time, you know, you, you know, a lot of the surf surf videos that were happening, all those sort of punk yeah. bands like Offspring and Pennywise and stuff like that. Yeah. So when you when you buy the sea and that sort of environment, um, there was different yeah, it's different for sort of music to what I probably if I grew up in, you know, in a city really yeah. And I was into skate. I was in heavily in skateboarding, and I got into hip hop as well. You know, I was heavily yeah. into like Tribe Called Quest and Far Side, and was well, that a um, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Del Del uh, Punk, Punk, Funky Homo Sapien. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. I'd, I so I was listening to a, a real mix of stuff. You know, and, I, and obviously I, I love Ragent's Machines. It combined. Yeah bit of the heavy side and obviously the, the sort of hip-hop the, the rapping sort of side and um so we would play in different bands and we play in assemblies we do all sorts of different things and um that sort of learning those genres of music especially like i mean i know um nat, nat plays in uh, ben howard's band now yeah i um, saw that actually yeah, yeah. ben howard's great yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, well, we we we've seen we must have seen him. Me and my wife Lauren have seen him loads of times, and we got really close with him. You know, it's mm. it, um, around the summertime. We'd always usually sit, go and see them. Probably see him about two or three times in in the summer. And um, but he he could play. Nat could play stuff full speed. 
you know, he could play all this stuff, all these yeah, really yeah. hard metal riffs. And you and you look at it now and you think that that would have helped him in some way because of because it's technically really hard. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. when it well, came he doing to all the hammer the hammer tapping well, stuff. Well no, just just like fast riffs yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like going really fast and all just learning like D tune stuff, like loads of drop D stuff and Yeah, yeah. I think he even drops like I think it's drop C is it you can go to and then um he we would learn all this stuff and you know it's not it's not very the best music but I think yeah. that would in turn you you think when when we then moved into indie stuff and stuff like that it was just seemed really easy you know yeah. because because you you know it wasn't super fast and I think now like with with I mean Nat's an, an amazing guitarist and he plays with a with Mickey as well as another friend from Cornwall and obviously Ben, you know, Ben's, Ben's a brilliant guitarist, but yeah. they're, they're picking wise and stuff, you know, it's incredible stuff they can do. And I, I mean, I would, I would have thought some of that stuff we went through would probably did in turn help, yeah, you know, yeah. up to all of us in a, in a weird kind of way. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's almost going to extreme training. Yes. To, yeah. <laughs> you know, sort of then, yeah, everything will seem casual to you. You know, everything yeah. will seem a bit yeah. easier. Yeah. And and what about you, though? What about uh, the solo stuff and all that? You know, how's all that going and, and how did that come about? Are you playing everything on it? You know, what's happened there? Um, well, I, I wrote a lot of music around the, when we were doing a second album, a lot of us were writing, we were writing together, but we were writing different, different bits of music and I sort of learned how to write instrumental music and I had a, a lot of a lot of instrumental stuff but I never I never sang on it really I never yeah. really I, I don't know why it just never it never sort of Is it a confidence thing or possibly yeah. yeah I would do I would do stuff like R's and news and I would sing on top of the guitar line so yeah. it would make it a bit more like cinematic or or that kind of like, um, you know, music that sounded like it could maybe sit on a, a soundtrack or something. And, yeah. I, and I was, I was trying to do a lot of that kind of stuff really, and, I, and trying to do sync stuff, um, which is really hard to sort of to make a living out of. Really, I think it's so because there's so many amazing um, sync writers and soundtrack writers. So I just had loads of loads of music really and then I started to me and when um I think it's around the time that Mutineers finished um um I started to just just try and just do a bit more of it and take it a little bit further really and, and then it ended up me and Tom Twemlow um started working together and um Tom plays the drums and we started doing some instrumental stuff together, which then sort of turned into sort of solo stuff then. And then I started to just do all the, 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 I got the studio set up and um, I ended up just singing on a lot of stuff and then, and then writing new stuff. Yeah. And the new EP's um, out now, which yes. is great. And when, yeah. when did it come out? A couple of months ago, maybe? Uh, a couple of months, yeah. It was the yeah. 2nd of October, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was good. I mean, we, I put the first single I put out was in the mire and, um, um, I really enjoyed that. I just did, you know, obviously the first one it's put, it's 
it's all new, isn't it? Yeah. So you don't really know. It's all self-release. So me and me, um, Tom, and a friend called Rich Hearn, who helps me with the sort of digital marketing side. And, yeah. um, you know, because it's the, the thing that I, I wanted to do really is just concentrate on writing. So um, obviously all the stuff getting music out, it can take away from... You yeah. can spend hours doing that stuff when you're you're halfway through a track and you want to continue doing the track. So Rich, Rich has been great there, and and Tom, Tom's mixing has been excellent. So we just we've got it's a good little trio really, and yeah, um, yeah I just put the in the mire out in I think that was in September, and then. I think I might have put a second guess out in November. Mm-hmm. So within a year, I probably put about a year or just over a year, put three singles out and then we moved them over. Um, I put another three, three new songs out and then we moved them onto the, the, the EP. The EP. I, well, I mean, my favourite I, I wrote to you and said was, was out in a limb, the, the six minute or. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I just, I just really liked it. I thought it was brilliant. And I think, yeah. it, you know, it, What's your record? Have you got like a record label then? Have you called it anything? Or no, no. It, uh, well, Rich calls it um, humans and other animals. Okay, so that's his. That's his sort of. Um, that's sort of his label, really. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't think it's, he wouldn't. I don't think he'd say it's a proper label. But we we just put it uh, under that. Um, but no, it's all just been self release. Right. Oh, yeah. a couple of more questions then, just and I'll let you go. Course, I, I, yeah. Just um. So I was thinking about uh, favourite songs to play when you're out with Johnny. Um, Easy Money. Easy Money's great. Is a really a good great one. Song. Yeah, it's a great. It's um, I remember like on the Playland tour when we went out on the Playland tour and we had a bit bigger production and when that song when that album was out and that that song really sort of um, came in just did really well when every time we hit it on on I remember the sort of, I think it was like near the end we, we would have that and um combine it with if it's how soon as now and mm-hmm. but yeah easy money's always been a really really good one um obviously the getting away with it always always a bit yeah, of a favorite yeah. and um I think a lot of people forget that you know yeah. like it, it wasn't yeah. you know once it happened, it obviously wasn't a surprise, but it was so unexpected yeah. that it happened. And then it was like, wow, oh, great. Yeah. You know, and that, that was the real climax of the gig, I thought. Yeah. You know? And I think you just haven't earned it. It's always really good. Mm-hmm. That was generally the, the last one in the encore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one, the Walk Into The Sea, the track, um, called Call The Comet album, the last yeah. album, um, that I mean, that album's really good, and most, I mean, pretty much every song we play, we play quite a lot of that album, and on the last, the last gigs we did, and it gen, you know, they all go down really well. But Walking to the Sea is a bit of a favourite of mine as well. Great. Yeah. Is there, yeah, any, <laughs> is there any least? <laughs> is there any least enjoyable ones? Not, not really. No, I mean the sets, the sets, um, the sets are really enjoyable to play. You know. Yeah. Um, there's some some songs that are tough on it that might be a little bit harder, but um, no, not really. 
not really they're all really enjoyable it's a good it's a good mix and i think when um when people come up to see see us it's a it's a sort of party atmosphere really and i think johnny's pretty good with that he'll look at the set as as a night a night out <laughs> yeah like, so it's not you know it's not just like you're playing you're playing the album and then that you know and a couple of other old songs whatever he he sort of looks at the way the set will go to ramp to sort of go to a party atmosphere really. yeah no I, it, what, it was a tight it was a tight super tight set you know with mm. no you know sort of oh, i'll just go to the bog then <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it was, there was none of that. You know, it was you wanted to be there. So, um, so just thinking about the, you, know, just going back to the nineties. Um, is there a band for you that sums up the nineties? You know, who was your favourite band of the nineties? Nineties. Um, there's all sorts of bands around that time. There's a lot of. I think the, the Coral around that time. Coral, yeah. I mean, I loved that first album. Yeah. And it was so. It was kind of like Captain Beefheart or something like that. It was so off the wall yeah. it was just i mean some of that album's just mental yeah yeah but and to and considering how young they were around that time so um yeah that I, I do i do like that album that was a brilliant album and obviously around like doves i was heavily into yeah the doves around that time and, yeah. and we, we toured with our first haven tours with badly drawn boy what was it yeah, when he did the when he won the Mercury Prize, yeah, he because um, Joe Joe Moss used to manage the Smiths, and he was friends with um, Damon, yeah, and he brought because around that around, I mean, this is probably more moving into two thousands though, probably maybe I think yeah, I think Badly Drawn yeah. Boy was two thousand yeah around that sort of time, but in in that time. Um, that was the night and day time. That was when that was. I mean, it was amazing around the time. There was Elbow and Alfie and yep. uh, a band called Mum and Dad as well okay. that were really good. Um, Doves, Dame, Badly Drawn Boy. So it was all. Everyone was in night in night and day. So yeah. we we got the tour. Joe brought um, Damon into to our rehearsal room and we played from we played till the end to him. And then straight away, he just asked him. He walked off with Joe, and then Joe came back and then said, "Do you want to? Do you want to do the tour?" So really? we're like, yeah, yeah. We're like what? So <laughs> that was when that was when it all started to seem a bit sort of real for us. Then, because that was the first that was the first tour we ever did. Then, did you su- did you support him at the Barrowlands? No, I don't think no. I played the Barrowlands. No, because yeah. um, I th- the with when we did it with Johnny. That was the first time I played it, and um, and is there a favourite venue? You know, do you have a favourite venue that you you've played? Hey, um, in the UK, well, just yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. Well, Barrowlands has got to be because that the the gig we did in um, Glasgow is that that's the first time I've been to Barrowlands. I right. mean, what an amazing place that yeah, is! Yeah, just yeah. Walk, walking around, yeah, it's a good um, place. Yeah, I walked around looking at. The, I just love the way they've kept it all the same. You know. Because it like some of the, some of the like the, the interior is amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> the just that, it's the roof as well. Um, yeah, you know, or the the dressing rooms. I haven't dressing rooms are mad, Yeah, well, I haven't seen in them in person, but there's a great yeah. photograph. Uh, one of my friends took, and it's the Trash Can Sinatra's, who are my favourite band in the whole world, and um, they are in in the dressing room, and it just it looks like a 
shot from the fifties or the sixties or something. It's yeah. just yeah, brilliant, really it's, cool. It's like a class, classic sort of um, dressing room, and um, another venue is obviously the Apollo in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Love that venue. Um, there's one in I like the actually like the one in it's Birmingham. I think it's like an the O2 okay. Birmingham, which is like an old. It's like a, it's like a kind of bit like an old sort of theatre. Really. It was all right. really wooden, so that it it sounds great in there. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Not many of those those sort of places left, really. Those no. those sort of you know vintage venues, really. But the sound in there is, is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's 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 quite a few. I mean, it's the the worrying things that the the smaller venues that what's going to happen next year because I think I mean hopefully the the um, well the music venue trust has been amazing what, mm-hmm. they've, what they've done so yeah. I think I've, I've sort of fingers crossed I think a lot of them are going to be okay because I think that some of the um, I think some will fall by the wayside which was sad because I think Gorilla nearly went didn't it and the Death Institute yeah. nearly went yeah but I think they've been saved and but though the Met, the music uh, venue trust has been phenomenal, really, really, really good, really helped out, and um, and the, obviously the, there's, there's, I think they did the passport gigs as well. But okay. I don't know if that's still ha- happening or not. Sure. Um, the bands that have been doing that to su- support support those venues. Yeah. And it's just you know it's the staff and it's all the people you know the, the jobs that. Uh, jobs it saved as well so i'm just hoping that it goes back to some kind of normality really yeah well i'm, I'm excited yeah, if right. uh, i'm excited if we can get to a gig next year and i'm excited if like the great escape is on down here in brighton you know yeah. so I'll, I'll be... is, it, is, it, is it in brighton has there been any um are all the venues okay what's i mean what tier are you in you and tier? we're two uh at the moment two. we're, we're two yeah. um but I think the R rate was going up here, um, so I don't know what will well, happen. But um, yeah. the the venues touch wood, I think are okay. Um, I haven't heard anything about. Con- I mean, the main venues really is Concord to Chalk, um, the Brighton Centre. I mean, there's always been a really good music scene in Brighton, isn't there? Yeah, massive. It's it's great band. Is it was Duke Spirit from Brighton? Wasn't I think they? they were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Duke I, I love great. that one. Yeah, really, really good. Is it love? Love is, is an unfamiliar name. I can't. Re- I can't remember the tracks. I just remember I had them just as part of a big playlist, and I seem to remember a black cover. It was my mate Dan was really. It was. A, it was a guy and a girl, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. They. Um, really, really good. Yeah. Really good. So what other bands are? are uh, new bands in Brighton at the moment. Uh, new bands, uh, I think Squid maybe are. Squid are from Brighton, aren't they? Yeah, I think That's Squid right, are. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to Six Music the other day, and they've they've just finished their album off. I think. Yeah. Um, they've been. Oh, I can't. The guy that's been producing it, quite a, a big producer. Um, the guy that does Fontaine's DC. Oh yeah, he's done, brilliant. Done, so, I like Squid. They're really good. I Excellent. like the vocals. And mad, aren't they? <laughs> Excellent. Like, 
<coughs> I just I, for, I don't know why, but they remind me of Yuck. I don't know if you remember Yuck. They were from West right. Light or maybe from Chiswick or something. Um, yeah. But I don't know. They cannot. They put me in mind of that. But House Plants is their song, isn't it, Squid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just last thing then. What about uh, what's next? You know. So what's the future holding for you with? Haven's third album, which I'm very excited about, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and Johnny and Sea Fever and and you know your your own solo work. You know what's what's the well, next um, year with also uh, Johnny's writing an album at the moment, so um, there'll be some recording and then there'll be a plan for next year. As soon as you know, as soon as everyone, we sort of know what's everyone knows what's happening really with 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 um obviously covid and so there'll be a plan for that next year sea fever we're we're um we've just done um if you go to, well if you go to our social accounts we've just done uh released a video of us playing crosswise which is our first um first song uh -huh. um and we've also got that on that's on youtube the actual tracks on youtube so um, Are you yeah. on Spotify and things like that as well? That's the next thing. Right. So we've just been waiting for a couple of um, things to come in, and then we that will start soon. So we've right. got the the live performance is is up on YouTube, um, so you can see that, and then the actual tracks up on YouTube as well. Just just right. like if we just did a visual video, but there'll be there'll be an album next year at some point so um and same well with solo side i'll just be I'll, you know i always keep writing really so yeah. i can continue on the writing and um but um it's gonna be well it's gonna be a busy year by the, mm. by the looks of it well hope we it's hard to say isn't it because you <clears throat> gig wise we don't really know yet but i think there's always you know although the writing will never stop and know continue on with that but with gig wise hope i'm i'm hoping i mean some bands have got gigs booked in for april haven't they so yeah it's touch and go i think too too soon that yeah. probably might be too soon but who we well, none of us know do we really so i think the the thing that i don't know how, how it's going to go is the fact that there's going to be so many bands wanting to gig yeah and Surely there's not enough venues to 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 um yeah to put all the bands in. Well, so you might see a lot of double headers. Yeah. You know that would be That's a cool point, thing. Actually, yeah. And, and you could that charge more. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen James yeah. and Happy Mondays are doing it, which right. yeah will That's be a, brilliant. I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. I heard on the radio that they're playing to they're playing together. Yeah. So that might be that might be the thing, yeah. But then that's a bad thing for the younger bands coming through. Yeah. So you know yeah. they're going to get displaced maybe for a little while. Well, because yeah. you know that New Order Pet Shop Boys um, tour was meant. I don't know if it ever happened, but yeah, I, I mean, think it's going to be next year. Yeah, but I mean, uh, what a what a double header. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So yeah, I think you're right. It probably that's probably what what will happen, isn't it? But Might be the way. I think the the the, the toughest band for the uh, for the some of these bands that were just about to release albums around that time yeah. and then go off on a tour or maybe do a glass, they'd be you know be 
I think it's Nadine Shaw, and she was her Glastonbury performance was was you know her album's doing really well, yeah. and that was her big huge gig gig for her. And you know for those for for her and for younger bands, I just I feel really sorry for them, you know, because you, you know especially I remember from just when we were all the Haven days of how much work and how much sort of and how tough it is, you know, and it really is hard, you know. And it's good it's good that there's been some live there's been some in the Instagram live stuff and all that, but it's not it's not the same, is it, you know? <clears throat> it's not the same as um getting out there and gigging and I think you'll probably see still see quite a lot of that over early next year. Um And I think people will work out how to make it better as well, you know, like yeah. um I mean, it obviously does depend what sound kit you've got, but I watched yeah. the Lemonheads one, you know, it was great. I mean, shambolic as, as ever, but yeah. it was good. And then, you know, Evan did a wee set at the end, you know, he did a wee acoustic thing and, you know, yeah. it, it was great. Ride were the bravest and it was such a shame for them. They were the bravest and went first and had great intentions that just didn't really work. So the, the right. connection went, they, I mean, very lovely yeah. of them. They then gave you a link to rewatch it, and they, they did it all again. And yeah. you know, but they, they they were they were very innovative. They were first out the traps. It's hard. Much. I mean, we we the sea fever one we did. We um, it was tough. It was like the first, well, it was the first gig we did. Yeah. So, um, but I really enjoyed it. But it 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 was like it felt like a gig because we did the the lightings were brilliant. The uh, guy called Ed and Tom. Um, did the lights and um, it felt like a gig and it was really like after you finished, you kind of like, it was really sort of buzzing, but then it was kind of <laughs> there's, like, there's no, there's nothing coming back like, at you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh no. So, you know, I was thinking, well, when's the next, when are we going to do the next one? And then like, Oh, you can't. So it's kind of weird. It was like a double edged sword really, but yeah. it was like, it was, it's strange for it to be filmed. You know, it's, it's odd for it all yeah. to be, all about the, the filming, you know, but... Um, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's a learning process. Yeah, I mean, I can totally understand. I mean, not to your level at all, but, you know, do be radio shows and that. And the difference of me doing a pre-record versus me doing it live, it's yeah. just it's just different. You know, it's yeah. because people are writing in or they're requesting songs or they want a shout-out or they're saying how good it is or... And that's the thing. That's the currency that you know. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, and you shouldn't feel like that ego and all that. But you want, you know, because yeah. if you do a pre-record, it's just a bit of a damp squib. You're just like, oh, okay. I've uh, recorded yeah. some songs. I've talked over them. Yeah. You know what? You know, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there. Um, yeah. But yeah, and and just the other the other ones that were really good, I think, were Travis did a really good yeah. one uh, to launch the new album, which is a very good album, by the way. Um, yeah. and uh, they also did a Q&A with Adam Buxton right so that that made it feel a bit more like more than more more than a gig and then yeah. the the ultimate one at the moment I think is is Jarvis with his new Jarvis thing and he right. got filmed in a in a in caves oh, that cave. yeah yeah, yeah. And, about that. Yeah. and he was saying he didn't know if like the stalactites or stalactites, but whichever one it is, was, were going to fall. <laughs> so yeah. They were like what singing probably. away. And it was like, oh my yeah. God. But, yeah, I saw that. I saw some pictures of that. It looked amazing. I, I think it's out soon. I think you can watch yeah. it soon. Um, good, yeah. And, and another thing, but if, you've, if you're bored, um, is um, 
there's a great documentary about a record store in New York called Other Music. Right. Um, just if you're bored, it's four ninety nine to stream it. It is absolutely amazing. Other music. Other music, and it's on uh, Vimeo, so it's online on Vimeo, and you have to pay four ninety nine to stream it or a tenner to buy it. And it's about it closing down. And oh man, like it just—I used to work at our price years ago, and it just took me right back. It was just yeah. a lovely, 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 lovely thing to watch. You know, just if you're if you're wanting a wee chill out. You know, one yeah. night, you know, where you can just get lost in something. It's all about music yeah, and uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Have you, have you seen the Crosby documentary yet? I did. I just watched it. Well, that's a lie. I did, but my wife ended up talking all over it. So I've seen it, but I haven't heard it. Yeah, so yeah. I need to watch it again. You but watched, um, yeah, I, I, really, I, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, I felt bad it's for really him. Good. You know, I, I caught, yeah, it's very. It's it's very truthful. It's really honest. Yeah, you know, that's what I like about it. Because obviously, it, it's it's sad, isn't it? At the end, you know, they don't yeah. speak to it anymore. Yeah, it's. I just like the fact he's he's. You know, it's it's everything really. He's he's really he's been really honest about it, and um, I mean, it's amazing. I was gripped to it. I thought yeah, it was, I thought it was really good. There's one the Laurel Canyon one. Have you watched? Yes, that? it was excellent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some uh, I watched the Crosby one, and then some somebody on Twitter said, messaged me and said they'd be seeing the Laurel Canyon one. It's excellent. So Echo, Echo in the Canyon. Uh, yeah, Beck's in it, and Bob Dylan's son's in it. Oh, brilliant! And yeah. they are, they are like re recreating some of the songs, and they're interviewing people, and yeah. so that was excellent. Yeah, Laurel Canyon was excellent. David Crosby's been excellent. I tell you, the other one surprisingly, I thought was great. It was. Uh, on Disney Plus at the moment, there's a Taylor Swift documentary. Yeah, on I folk, think, my, on I think my wife watched that. Yeah, I, I think I watched sort of part part of it while she was watching yeah. it. It looked pretty interesting. Well, there's two. So there's her Miss America or whatever on Netflix, which is more about her pop career and her struggles and her star life and all that. And then yeah. there's folklore that's on Disney Plus, which is her with Erin Desner from the National. And her co-writer, course, yeah. and they just basically play each song live in, in a new kind of socially distanced acoustic kind of way, yeah. and then they talk about each song before it. It's and then the guy from Bon Iver, uh, Justin uh, Vernon, or whatever he's he's guests on one of the tracks, so he yeah. he zooms that, yeah. zooms in for the the thing, um, and I was quite astonished in that the last national album. Uh, the cover, which is the kind of wooden cabin sort of house thing, yeah. uh, that's actually where they recorded it. It's, it's Aaron right. Dessner's house, so it's, it's a recording studio that outbuilding. Yeah. They're, so, they're great, aren't they? they? We we did a gig with them in. Did Italy. you? Yeah. Oh. Um, I didn't. When we did the gig, I didn't know much about them really, and I watched it. I enjoyed it, but I was, I was, I was a little bit like, oh, not quite sure exactly and then, um lauren's been playing playing in loads yeah. loads and recently always been on in the house so um it's it's weird it's the music sort of it's a real slow burner isn't it i, I yeah it really, I, really grows on you yeah i was trying to explain it to someone amazing the guitar sounds and unbelievable um, the tone of his voice as well well i, I um, there's a couple i, I think it's so dense. Like that's yeah. the way I kind of described it. It's just when you first approach it, it's just this 
thing and you're a bit like, I don't quite know where to grab onto this, you know, I yeah, don't get yeah. it. And then eventually it it just it's yeah, worth yeah. it's so it's like a box set that the first few episodes are crap. You know, it's like yeah, you, once yeah. you get it, you're like, Oh my god, this is another world, you know, it's yeah, and he's he's done some solo stuff yeah. as well. I haven't yeah. really listened to it, but I need to. And then yeah. Aaron Dessner's also been doing stuff with Michael Stipe. Right. Um, which is, and then he's also got his own band, that Big Red Machine. Right. As well, which is excellent. Yeah. So between National uh, Bon Iver and, and the Aaron Dessner projects, you know, you've there's, there's a lot to go at there. You know, there's a lot yeah, to be excited about. Sort of little, yeah. Sort of scene going on, aren't they, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're excellent. Right, well, listen, I better let you go. That's been Thanks, way Mark. longer than I intended uh, keeping okay. you. So, it's good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, nice. Mark. Okay, take it easy. Take care, mate. See you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. So there we go. What an amazing time we've all just spent with Johnny Marr bass player, Haven band member, Sea Fever vocalist and band member, and much, much more. Give it up for Ewan Grono. That was one of the best podcasts I've ever done and one of the best interviews and willing guests and chilled guests and proactively excited guests to have on the show. So thanks so much, Ewan. It's been a great pleasure to get to know you and we'll definitely catch up soon in Brighton the next time you're here with Johnny or with Sea Fever or with your own stuff too. A huge thanks to you for listening to. Thank you so much. It wouldn't be the same podcast without you. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off of my 90s music podcast for the year. Hopefully more will be back next year. I hope you've enjoyed them. It looks like you have from all the notes I get. So thanks for writing into me. Thanks for downloading it and listening to it. And thanks for rating, reviewing, subscribing and sharing with all your friends. It means a lot from one music fan to another. So thanks so much for that. Huge thanks to Gaz for putting all of the episodes together and a huge thanks to Podcast Radio as well for airing the episodes too and it's definitely worth checking out. If you love your podcast, get along to Podcast Radio and you'll be able to listen to loads of podcasts all day long and all night long. So really exciting thing for 2020 at the end and 2021 also. I hope that this episode has filled you with as much love, memories, positivity and nostalgia that it has for me. I'll see you soon. I've been Mark McSee and remember, keep it 90s.